When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strong. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who I hope if he had to meet his 12-year-old self, it goes a lot better for him than it does for Aaron, Ryan Nelson. Interesting you bring that up. Sadly, it took to episode three when Mac gave her date of birth for me to realize I'm the exact same age as the paper girls. <laughs> yes, you I are. I was 12 in 1988. Yeah, I was nine. I was I, a little younger I then. I don't know why that hit didn't hit me till then that I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I was 12 in 1988. <laughs> you are right there with them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you have been listening to the podcast since we started it back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you are new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the first four episodes of Amazon Prime's Paper Girls. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3 5 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. Uh, if you are a patron, we just got done discussing some, our thoughts on what the announcements at Comic-Con mean for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if you want to listen to that, you can. Also, if you are a patron, currently a patron, or want to be a patron, you get the opportunity to vote on what we're going to be covering at the end of August into early September. We're, we are got a vote up now to either for us to cover Andor or to cover the Lord of the Rings series, The Rings of Power. So if you want to have a say-so on it, then you go sign up for Patreon and you can have a say so in it and right now lord of the rings the rings of power is currently in the lead so if you want to have a little input into that just go sign up for our patron and you can do that if you can't be a patron though you can help the show out by rating us on spotify and apple Podcasts. leave us a five-star rating and if you have time write us a review on apple podcast if you do write us a review on apple podcast we'll read it on air next time we record uh, we're also doing a giveaway to encourage people to go in there and give us some more reviews if you go into apple podcast you rate our show with a five-star review and and you write us a little one or two sentence review about why you'll enjoy the show. We will enter you into a drawing for a Thor strongest Avenger hat that he was wearing in the movie. It's not the same hat he was actually wearing, but it's, you know, it's, it's a replica. Uh, but if so, uh, like I said, if you want to have an opportunity to win that, just go on to Apple podcast, click the five stars and give us a one or a little one or two sentence review. So, uh, all right. Uh, other than that, that's about all I can think of. So we are talking about, Paper Girls. Ryan, what'd you think about Paper Girls? I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was was 
it was fun. I know it's going to get the Stranger Things comparison. It is. <laughs> but, I thought it was a little, but I thought it was different than Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, things. it is. It's, it's very different than Stranger Things. I, I think so, too. Uh, one of the things I, I texted you, I've done a little more research into it, so I'm going to kind of give a little bit more background to why I think this is the case. But the thing I texted you when I was watching like episode three or starting four, I said, this is a really good show with some really bad CGI because uh, the CGI is rough. Uh, I'm yeah, going to yeah. give your thoughts on that real quick. Well, I think I text you that it reminded me of the early 80s, like I was watching Buck Rogers yeah. or Battlestar Galactica or, uh, Tron, or the original Tron movie with Jeff Bridges. Oh, yeah. It looked like that. That may be what it looks most like. All right. So I did some research into this. So uh, I, I did a little research into the show when I, when, it, when I first came across it. Uh, I came across it a little bit before we recorded, uh, before it came out last week or this weekend. And... Uh, Obviously, I found out that it was a comic book series. I was not familiar with the comic book series at all. I'm guessing you weren't either. If I'm not, I'm guessing you probably aren't. Uh, But it is a comic book series. I guess they turned it into a graphic novel. I'm not really sure. But it was written by Brian K. Vaughn, who is a legend in the comic book realms. Uh, The two things I'm most familiar with him is the Marvel comic Runaways, which is a really good series of comics. And he also did like one of the, like whenever somebody says, I want to get into comics, one of the first things that people who are comic nerds will tell them they'll say well go read why the last man uh that is uh, it's i haven't okay. read all of it i've read some of it i haven't read all of it but it's a it's not so superhero-y and all that type of stuff it's just got it's really very very story-based um so it's brian k vaughn and this is supposedly has this this ma- mammoth following that is out there paper girls does and like i said i was unfamiliar with it but just kind of going in after i watched did you finish all eight or did you just watch just the first four I just watched the first four. Okay, I, found, I went ahead and finished it because I wasn't sure how much time I want to have this week. But after watching the, the episode, I was kind of digging, watching all eight episodes, I was kind of digging into this. And I was just like, okay, so what is, what's the source material? What are people thinking that have read the comics? The people who have read the comics are, are really mixed on it. Some people say it's not too bad. Some people say it's pretty good. Some people say it's absolutely awful, which, you know, is kind of what you expect. But apparently, when I was reading about the source material, this show, there's a show, uh, there's a version of this show out there somewhere that is much more bonkers than the one that they gave us. Because apparently, in the comic or the graphic novel, whichever you want to call it, they have, like, the the big robot you see at the end of episode four. Like, there are just tons of these big mech robot fights. There are supposed to be, like, dinosaurs all over the place, like, eating people, uh... And what I've kind of come to the conclusion is Amazon bought the rights for this and they got the people, they, they got the stuff, but they weren't hundred percent certain if it was going to do well. So they went cheap. And like I said, because the bonkers version of this show, I think would exist somewhere, but we, we don't have it. So, uh, like I said, well, do you, do you think they went tame the season one to hope to get a season two? Uh, maybe I would, I would think that's possibly the case because you know, but I would honestly think if you want to, you know, you want to go big to get to to get that yeah, season. Yeah, I two. see that. So, I see that too. Yeah. Like I said, because I mean, there is one scene in the second half of the show that the CG looks pretty dang good, <laughs> and you'll you'll yeah. notice it pretty quick. And you're like, oh, that looks really good, and it's like it's pretty apparent. Like, 
all right, we need to make this one scene look good. So we're going to put all of our yeah. CG budget on that. And they just kind of make do with the rest of it. But look, it, the story, I think, is really compelling. I think it does a really good mm-hmm. job of it. Uh, there are some some time travel stuff that is just kind of, it's a little bit wonky. Uh, but yeah. nevertheless, it, it, and it's worse in the second half. But what, I, what Brian K. Vaughn does so well in his stories, because they are kind of bonker stories. Uh, Why the Last Man is about... You know, every male on earth, biological male on earth dying, and there's only one left. That's a pretty bonkers thing for it to happen. Yeah, uh, Runaways has, is about these uh, kids who find out their their parents are basically super villains and they kind of have to rebel against them. So, like, his stories are bonkers, but what he really excels at when he's telling a story, and I think becomes really evident in the show, is the character development and just the way you get attached and emotionally drawn to his characters. And I think that is very much the case in this show as well. Absolutely. And let's just give them credit. They cast four excellent leads. They did. For young actresses, uh, young actors. Uh, They killed it on all four of that casting. Yeah, I think Uh, think they did. All four of those young ladies unbelievable job I, I i couldn't complain about any of them yeah I, it was a really like i said I, I wasn't really sure about them at first that first episode there's so much going on in that first episode yeah yeah there it, is. it's really hard to you know follow along and keep up with everything look i have this issue with almost every first episode especially of a show like this where there is just so much groundwork that they have to lay down and you know, so you're trying to lay down all the groundwork about about the girls and what they are. So you got four very different girls. You got you got Aaron, who is the Chinese immigrant, uh, or the, the daughter of a Chinese immigrant. You've got Mac, who is you know the the tough the tough comes poor from a kid. poor family, trailer park uh, type kid. Uh, then you got JK. Uh, is it JK or JT? It's JK, right? JK. Uh, or KJ, 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 KJ. KJ. I always KJ. get the initials mixed up. So KJ, who is comes from the rich Jewish family, uh, the, you know that's some tension between her and Mac, and then you've got Tiffany, who's just the brainiac of of yeah. of the group. And so, like I said, you got you got four very different types of personalities on this on this on this uh, on this cast, and they all do a really good job. And like I said, I was. I thought they did a really good job of casting this. I think they do a really good job of giving us their background. And then when they actually start the time travel stuff, when the people from the future show up in episode one, it gets a little bit hard to follow. I don't know what you thought, but I thought yeah. it was kind of hard to follow. Well, it just, all of a sudden I'm like, now what happened? They're, yes. They're in the, you know, I could, yeah. Cause it was, they were in a car. Right. And then all of a sudden they're in the future. That was confusing that yeah. they even time traveled. Uh, so that, that was confusing. Yeah. And, and also the, you know, kind of the confusing part, like all of a sudden Aaron is shot. And then next thing we know, those little things are on her and now she's healed. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what is all going on here? And obviously they start to explain it later on. That's good. And you know, you're fine with that as long as you get an explanation. Yeah. I do think they take a little too long to explain it. Cause you don't really start getting any answers to about what's going on until they get to episode three for the most part. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, what? But uh, those complaints aside, what they do, what they were smart to do is they really did a good job of getting four. Like I don't know how old these girls are. My guess is they're probably a little bit older than what uh, than older than twelve. I had to guess, but they got four really talented young actresses and they are letting them cook at many points throughout the course of this episode of these of these four episodes yeah i agree i think all four of them had scenes where they really got to show how talented they were i thought mac really stood out 
because mm-hmm. I think she has the hardest part. Uh, well, I don't know. KJ may have the hardest part because her story in the first four, we hadn't got a lot of background, right. but uh, I thought the stuff that Mac is dealing with is, is really heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, I thought she really did a good job. I love the scenes with her and her brother. Yeah, those were those fantastic. Together. That was maybe the best parts of the, of the show, uh, the, the scenes with those two together. And, and like her brother is a guy that I've seen a million times. Right. I'm and I was like, but like now he's getting a chance to, you know, to almost be a lead in two episodes. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, so, but like, yeah, I thought they all got to do. And I really liked uh, Aaron as well. Because uh, her and Ali Wong, who was fantastic as older mm-hmm. Aaron. Yes, but, you know the insult. Don't call her older. <laughs> uh, Ali Wong is a comedian, by the way. Yes, she you is. You may not show that, but she does some excellent dramatic work, and I like their storyline of you know she thinks young Aaron thinks older Aaron is a loser because she didn't end up being a politician, right? And 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 having married with a bunch of kids, and then as the episodes go on, she kind of feels bad because. Uh, older Aaron has had to deal with her mom and right. life hasn't been as easy as she thought it was going to be. And you start to learn, Oh, okay. So there is stuff like depression and, and anxiety and things you have to deal with as an adult. That doesn't look like it's going to happen when you, when you're a kid, you just think everything's going to turn out perfectly. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And you know, when you're 12 years old, you think, you know, I would imagine that most, I don't know, maybe a lot, I'm not sure if it's going to be a most, but a lot of 12-year-olds, if they had to meet themselves 30 years in the future, would probably have a, might be difficult. Because, you know, when you're 12, you got, you know, you're like her. You want to be president or you want to be right. a, an actor with, you know, tons of movies and Oscar awards or you want to be a rock star. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, in August of 1988, Ron saw Saturday Night Live for the first time and thought, oh, man, I'm going to be on that show one day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. When I was uh, in 1988, I was nine, though. So, I mean, if I was doing the 12-year-old thing, you know, I thought I, I actually wanted to be a lawyer at that time. And, you know, you don't realize that when you are saying that as a 12-year-old and you start to do a little research, you find out it's really more far more paperwork than what you actually see like in a courtroom and like that's the reason yeah. i didn't go down that road it's like you know that doesn't that doesn't sound interesting to me but you i know. will say this 17 year old ron would be very impressed where he is because <laughs> he didn't know what he was going to do for a living and thought he was an idiot and right. never would about anything so he would be happy with where he is right 12 year old probably didn't think he was going to do something huge yeah i mean like i said i would think a lot of 12 year olds now look some people you know some 12 year olds maybe if you, they want to be a basketball star and you have your 12 year old lebron james and maybe right, you're, if right. you're if you don't end up in the NBA, then maybe that is a disappointment for you. So, uh, but yeah, that's just, I think that's kind of one of the things that they're trying to show in this is in this show is beyond just the just the action stuff, beyond just the you know the the comic bookiness of it all is they're trying to show you know you know life life works out a lot different than what you think it is when when you're yeah. a kid, and you see you know, right. so many of us chase certain dreams and. And maybe we purposely change our dreams because our, our interests change or something happens along the way and you have to change your, the, the course of your dream. So, like I said. Well, and also, I was going to say with Aaron specifically, young Aaron is taking care of the mom a lot at 12. Right. So, wonder why it it. I, and I think maybe it's starting to hit her. Oh, yeah, of course, if right. mom gets sick or something else, I'm the one who has to take care of her. And that 
will, you know, have a have an issue or affect my life. Yeah, and I think you know it's one of those things that you you know maybe you know as a twelve year old you don't think about that as you know if I have to take care of my mother like this you know somebody's probably going to do it for the rest of her life because she hasn't been able to figure it out. So, like I said, really good stuff. Let's just do real quick some episode breakdowns real quick. Uh, and I want to try to get, make sure we shout out our the, the people's names. So uh, we start off with Erin in episode one. She's kind of the, our introduction to the show. She's played by Riley, and I'm going to screw up her name. Uh, her, she is played by Riley uh, Lay or Lie Nilet. Uh, so I'm not. Yeah, I, would, I would say that. Yeah, uh, it's one of those. It's either Lie or Lay. I'm not really sure which one it is. Uh, but Riley Lay Nilet. Uh, so, and like I said, she's our introduction. She's starting her paper out for the very first time on Hell Day, the very first day after Halloween. And that's when we meet Cameron Jones, who plays Tiffany Quilkin. Uh, and just look, she, her character comes on, you know, when you see her, she's an immediate presence uh, because yes, she is. Yeah. she's confident, she's smart. And you know that she's, you know, that's going to continue to play itself throughout the course of the, of the season. And I was really impressed by her. That's a very good point, too, because you could tell from the minute she walks on, Tiffany is the leader of this group. Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. She definitely is. So after we yeah, meet her. Cameron Jones is really good. Yeah. After we meet her, we meet Mac, who is played by Sophia Rosinski. You know, like I said, we talked about her. She is the, the streetwise, tough, comes from the wrong side of tracks type person. And, you know, that's the that's the persona she's going to play and you kind of figure there's going to be some moments when she has to like kind of put the drop that exterior we start to get those when she deals with her brother do you know who she reminded me of of a character we watched recently who's that richie from the bear oh yeah 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 i can yeah you're right because there were a couple of times especially when they have that argument in the uh mall Mm-hmm. I think it's at the end of episode two where she breaks off. Like that was Richie. Yeah, like, that was, it was. Like, you know, <laughs> things were things had been going good. And they were kind of looking bad, and then she just really, you know, gets angry. And you know, so it's, she she very similar characters to that. Yeah, you're right. I, I hadn't even thought about that, but you make a good point. She's very similar to Richie from the Bear. Uh, after we meet her, we meet KJ Brandman, who is played by Fina Straza. Uh, she has a lot of development in the show. At least maybe, maybe I may be getting ahead of myself, but her character, I think is the least developed to start with in the show. And I think she gets a little bit more as it goes on. Yeah, I would say, yeah, she was starting to two and three. I don't think she got as much as the other girls. Right. But in four, she was starting to come on. Yeah, I, she she definitely was. And the, the, that was good to see because she, she was kind of like the least impressive for me for a while. Yeah. And then when yeah. episode four happens, like, okay, this is uh, finally we're getting something from her because we hadn't really been yeah. getting much from her prior to this. So, uh, like I said, that's kind of that's just kind of the introduction. We get the, the episode one serves as the introduction, plus it serves as getting them into 2019. Uh, that's where they meet Ali Wong, and that's kind of where we go into episode two. So episode two is all about basically coming to terms with being in the future, you know, being basically 31 years in the future. So they meet they. They go to they go to Aaron's house because that they still think they're in they're really not sure where they are but they go to Aaron's house and that's when you know they had that meeting between the two of them and you know we t- we talked about this but Aaron younger Aaron is just so incredibly just 
mean seems like a, a bad word, like like a too soft of a word. I mean, she is just brutal to older yeah. her. They are, and let's give those two Riley Lay, uh, Netlet, and Ali Wong. They started to kind of look like each other because of their mannerisms mm-hmm. and the way, like they facially look alike. Right. Anyway, but uh, but they, I don't know, just something the way that they were both. They were obviously watching each other because I thought they had some of the same mannerisms in the way right. they acted. So they both did a really good job with that. Yeah, I thought they did too. I thought they did a really good job with that. And, you know, they also, one of the things I like, you know, one of the great things about doing a time travel show is when you get people who go to the future, like these four girls have, you know, they start learning about the internet and they learn about Google. So they yeah. start Googling folks. They yeah. Google themselves. They Google their, their brother. And that's where Mac has like just this just eye opening moment when she Googles her brother and she finds out that he's a doctor. And because when we first meet her brother in episode one, he's just an absolute jerk in that yeah. one little scene that we got from him and so now to see that he's an er doctor at this hospital you know that's it's shocking to her but it's also shocking to us as well yeah and i thought he really did a good job cliff chamberlain again yeah uh just just how you know one i love the scenes where he acted like a kid again with her and they did the stuff they uh they enjoyed doing right uh like shooting fireworks also but also where he tried to talk to her, you know, seriously about, hey, our life as young people was not okay. No, it wasn't. And, you know, uh, yeah. And, you I know, thought that was really good. Yeah, it was really good for him to, you know, kind of let her come to terms with that. Also getting her to understand, you know, the stuff you say that we were saying back in 1988, you can't say that anymore. You know, no, yeah. just getting her kind yeah. of up to speed on, you know, some things have changed. Uh, you know, telling her, you know, she goes through all the insults that she can still use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just really good stuff from them, you know. And you kind of feel like it's going that's a little bit tenuous just because you know that he can't be like that around his family. Uh, that's just right. He's not, even though he's, he, he's kind of being taken back in time by her showing up in this point in time, that whole deal is, it's like, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's going to come to an end at some point. Uh, and you're just waiting to see how, what the, the fallout from that is going to be. And it ends up being just that, KJ just has to take her away just because to save her life. Uh, we haven't talked yeah. about Prioress real quick, so let's talk about her real quick. Yeah. How convincing of a villain is Prioress to you? I thought she was very convincing. Yeah, I thought she uh, was too. I, I like her. Uh, she's I, I knew her from uh, True True Blood. Yeah, uh, she was on that show for a long time, but I like her. She's been some other stuff, but I, I thought she was very convincing. She's scary. Yeah, Dina Porter is plays uh, Prioress. Uh, like I said, I thought she was scary. I, the only thing that made it a little bit, and this has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with just once again, kind of the budget of the show, those outfits that the, that the, uh, uh the old watch are wearing are awful. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, they look like, remember when they tried to do some bad Marvel movies in the eighties that uh-huh. were low budget. It looks yeah. like the stuff they wore. Yeah, was, you're right. And there was a, there was a He-Man movie. It looks like the costume. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Dolph Ludger. It looked like the stuff they were wearing. Yeah, you're right. Cause it was, I was like, cause that kind of takes away from the menace of her. It does. Uh, it does. but if like, that's not her fault, but I mean, it just kind of is what it is. But like I said, I just thought she was, I was like, she's, she's doing good, but man, it, those outfits are just so, so, so bad. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, I liked, I love what they were doing with, uh, what they were doing with, with, uh, Mac, but also, you know, Mac learns from her brother that she died at the age of 16. Yeah. So, you know, that's, 
the way they handled that with her and with her brother, because that's just what made that interaction so great is because the fact that, you know, her brother is just like, you know, she's been gone for, you know, it's been 27 years, I guess, uh, since she, since she hasn't been in her life, since she hasn't been in his life. And it's like, I've got my little sister again. So and it just, you know, like I said, turns him back into a, a teenage boy again. And that's just what well, made that so great. And he mentioned something and I noticed he's not in the rest of the show, uh, per IMDb. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, he mentions that he's going to take some of her blood to make sure she doesn't get sick again. Right. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I, I I'm assuming that comes back up. If not at this, and don't don't give it away. I will not give uh, it away. <laughs> if not, if not in season two, right? Because that for them to mention that 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 there has to be that has to be gone back to at some point. Yeah, yeah, I would think it would as well. So, um, but anyway, let's uh, go on. And oh, well, one other thing that it mentions is you know she also gets a revelation that her stepmother, who she couldn't stand. Uh, when she got sick, that like seemed to just awaken something in her stepmother. Uh, and it, you know, like her stepmother became very concerned for her, very uh, wanting to, you know, constantly make sure she was okay. And it was in episode four, when they go to the grave, uh, that's, that's her stepmother that's there. So, um, yeah. Uh, all right, let's see anything else. All right, let's go on to, Oh, we haven't talked about Larry yet. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. All right, so Larry Ratajkowski, uh, played by Nate Cordry. This is where we start to finally get some answers, thankfully. <laughs> uh, yeah. What did you think about Larry? Because he's uh, he's in other stuff, but I know him mostly from yeah. uh, For I mean, All Mankind. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot he's in it. Well, he's a comedian. Yeah, he's Because he's Rob mm-hmm. Cordry's brother. Uh, and I've always enjoyed him anytime I've seen him and stuff. So he was perfectly cast in this role. This is a perfect role for him because he's the nerdy scientist and the hero. And then the the guy that's skeptical. I thought he was, I really liked his character and uh, I've always enjoyed his work, but I thought this is a role for someone like him. I I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. I thought he did a really good job too. I I literally liked his character in, in this, uh, he plays Larry Ratajkowski. He is part of the STF. Uh, we learned that the STF, because they mentioned the STF in one of the previous episodes, but we learned that it stands for Standard Time Fighters. And like I said, he's the one who's explaining everything to us. We learned that the people who are chasing them is called the Old Watch. And basically, it's this time war between the STF and the Old Watch, where the Old Watch has gained control, and they have basically been brutal in the way that they treat each other. But what's interesting is he is not from the future. He is from the current time, but the STF is, when in their time traveling, they recruit other people for those, for what they call certain, you know, just important time periods where there are important events that have to have things done about them. And that's what's so interesting because, you know, he's, he's taking on this fight, but he's, he's not from the future. He's still from our current time. So I was kind of, I w- I have a question. I was kind of confused. What year, the first scene where we see Larry and Juniper, what year is that? I think it's 2019, but I'm not a hundred percent positive about that, but I'm pretty certain it is because the very next scene after we meet them and when they're doing that, when they're doing that scene and he's at his barn or whatever it is, he goes back to her and he tracks her down. Cause she thinks that he's got, the, she's, she, she thinks he's Uber eats 
And yeah. so I think that's 2019. So, I mean, with them being talking about Uber Eats, I would imagine that has yeah, to be Yeah, that's now. a good point. So that, yeah. I just, that just occurred to me is that they're talking about Uber Eats. So that has to be, that has to be in the current time. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that's 2019 if, uh, based off of that. And the, and the tape didn't work. Yeah, the tape didn't work because apparently, you know, that's the scary thing about these ablutions that the old watch do. When they take you up and they wipe your memory clean, even if you find, even if you find your tape, it you may not believe it. Uh, you may not understand what's going on. And that did, that's what happened with Juniper. He played her tape for her and he couldn't get her back regardless. And that you know, so that's, that's the skit. That's the reason why he's freaking out so bad. Cause I didn't understand. like, all right, you made your tape, so you should be fine. But they, they reinforce that in the very next scene when he takes her tape to her and she plays it yeah. to him and he plays it to her. And, and she's basically like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. This, and she wouldn't believe it. So, uh, that's that real big, scary thing there. So, um, all right, so uh, let's see. Anything else about the season three, episode three, excuse me. Uh, all right, so at the end of the episode of episode three, because I want to go and talk about this, we get that big, large robot that's in the silo. Were you, yeah. like, how, like, I was just like kind of taken back because I was not expecting a big, large robot in a silo. I was not either. I was not. Uh, I was actually shocked by that yeah i really was too because like he says i want to show you something i'm like all right so what are we going to show us and then he takes us and there's oh, a, it's a transformer <laughs> basically that's what it was it was a transformer yeah, yeah. uh so i was like okay well we're doing a transformer now so and it's more i guess from what i've read is that that's more akin to like the anime they're more akin to like the anime mechs that you see in like those big giant mechs and like an like yeah, yeah. mobile suit gundam or something like that right right, uh, right that that's what they're more akin to in uh the comics and apparently like i said in the comics there are lots of these and they are or at least there are lots of fights with them i don't know if it's because of uh i don't know if it's I don't know if it's that there's more than one or more than two or anything, but I know there's supposed to be a lot of battles between, between them. So, yeah. And I, I read another book series and I'm going to try to find it that had robots like this where people were controlling them. And it's actually supposed to be a movie coming out or TV series at some point. I'll have to try to find it, but it's a sci-fi series that came out in 2019. Okay. Uh, I'll look for it while we're talking, but go okay. ahead. All right. So like I said, that's kind of where the episode ends in uh, episode three is we get that big, large mech robot in a silo. And like I said, this, at this point I thought the show was about to go bonkers and it kind of does in episode four. Uh, so let's just talk about episode four real quick. Uh, so we find out what the big robot is for and it's basically, it, it, it's a battle machine, but it's also, as they say, it's a time travel boat. And, uh, Aaron, when she activated older Aaron, when she activated that thing, that was given to Tiffany at the beginning of the season. She has become paired to it. And that's the reason she sees all these lights and all these things in front of her. Excuse me. That looks like a screen. Uh, that's the reason why she can see that. Uh, and so like, okay, well, and that's basically get some training stuff that's going on in this. Uh, but there is this big argument between Aaron, the girl, well, Aaron, and the girls are on one side and Larry's on another. Aaron wants to take the girls back to 1988. Larry wants to go back to 1999 because there's supposed to be some really big, important event in 1999. Uh, but they're at a crossroads. And we also start to, like I said, this becomes a, a real huge, just like exposition dump because we learned about, we learn about, you know, them have about this robot. We learned about the Aaron's pair to it. We learned about folds. Uh, we're, we're learning about that. And so they've got six hours to get to this fold. 
so there's a lot going on in this. And then you got Priorus out there who's cutting them down currently. So a lot going yeah. on in this episode. A lot going on. And the book series I was talking about is The Themis Files by Sylvia Neuvel. Okay. It's called Sleeping Giants. And it's supposed to be made into uh, some streaming services, bought it, supposedly. Okay. But it's a very similar thing where, like, it's a huge robot like that. And humans are actually in the robot. Oh, cool. Uh, helping it move. So Okay. I'll, I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, like I said, so a lot of just a whole lot of stuff going on in this particular episode uh this is also where you know max starts to have a little bit of reality start to hit her with her brother yeah. uh, because like i said we mentioned this you know in episode three you don't really get that but you kind of know that that's this has to this dream scenario where she's with her brother and their life is great grand, and wonderful you know she her brother has grown up he's not the same person and yeah. uh you know her his older daughter is a punk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was gonna say she she meets her spoiled nieces and it it riches her where she all of a sudden has to ruin the situation. Exactly. I mean, and the younger daughter was nice. I like the younger daughter, but yeah, it, the, the older was. daughter Wilder, and like she says, what's kind of name is Wilder. Uh, she was just awful. I <laughs> mean, just absolutely yeah. awful. You know, it's like she could sense that that Matt came from poverty and she didn't want to have anything to do with it uh you know and you know you would think you would think dylan would you know try to like teach that out of her but you know that's how she grew up that's how his daughter grew up and it's hard to for her to really just because your dad says you know i grew up poor didn't have much you can't completely get that out of them well you know you, you may want them to be to not be that way, but it's hard when they're going to a private school and, and have all this, you know, the want for nothing. It's, it's hard to get them to understand, you know, what it's like to be like that. And you know, so it was a difficult thing for, for Mac to have to kind of come to terms with. Um, but also, Mac is wearing her clothes, so yeah. that's always gonna. Oh yeah, that's always a, gonna set it off. Yeah, her well. leather jacket is she she so uh, ele- elegantly pointed it out. Was, it was it was a cool leather jacket. I will say that. Oh, it was. It was absolutely a cool leather jacket. Uh, so KJ is the one who's kind of like basically is like we have to make sure we get Mac back, and she's the one who's uh, you know just seems to be hell bent on making sure because the rest of them seem like you know we can't get her. We don't know where she is. Uh, but they kind of concoct a plan for KJ to go get her. And I can't, was it Aaron or Tiffany that helped out for the most part? It was Tiffany, wasn't it? Uh, it was Tiffany. And let's, let's give Larry, I love his negativity, pessimistic. Every time something like this happened. Oh yeah, they're dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're probably dead. They, you know, they're dead. Yeah, they're not, uh, they're he, not here. They're he dead. mentioned that multiple times. He <laughs> thought Mac was dead the whole time. And then when KJ leaves, it's like, she's dead. Yep, so she's dead. I, I, I enjoy of course, with what he's been saying, uh, he has reason to, to suspect that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he's he been doing this for a while. I mean, they, they talked yeah. about where he got, I don't remember what year it was that he got recruited, but I think it was pretty close to 99. Uh, so he got he got recruited, and he's seen you know all this bad stuff that the old watch has done, and they he has reason to, to suspect and to think that these people are dead. So, uh, yeah. So, like I said, we basically they KJ tracks her down. She gets Mac out of that restaurant where they're eating, where Priorus is about to uh, confront Dylan and Mac and and his family. Uh, she gets she gets her she gets Mac out of there right before that that meeting can take place. And they get on the bike and they head back to the farm. And they they're all on the big robot. The robot jumps into the fold, and this is when we get. 
because I heard he was in this, and I was like, "All right, so oh, when's he going to show up?" I was like, "I know Priorus is sitting there, and then Jason Manzukis shows up oh, playing the man, <laughs> playing the grandfather in a Tupac shirt." I'm like, "Okay, what are we doing here?" But like I said, so I got really excited at this point because I'm like, "Okay, I guess this show is about to go bonkers." Yes, I love Jason Manzukis, longtime fan uh, from the show The League. Uh, he's been in every comedy TV show, especially Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you watch that. He has a fantastic podcast called How Does This Get Made with Paul Shear and June, June Diane Raphael. You know Paul Shear and June Diane if you Google them, uh, where they look at bad movies and they they review them. And it's been around for a long time, since the beginning of podcasts, about right. 10 years ago. And I, you should listen to our shows first. And then go listen to how this get made because I still listen to it frequently, right. and he he's one of my favorites. So I was glad to see him. I w- it was a welcome surprise. Yeah, like I said, I knew he was in this, so I was kind of waiting for him to show up. I was like, all right, when's he going to show yeah. up? When's he going to show up? And then when I see that crazy hair with his back turned, yeah. like, I was like, okay, that's him. <laughs> now he's finally yeah. showing up. I did not. I did not know he was in this. I did. When, yeah. I, when I heard, I heard the voice, and I was like. Oh, I was like, man, this is Oh, and let me mention, uh, back to the scene where I, Chili's has never looked so good than oh, it yeah. did in that. It, which it I like Chili's. <laughs> and, 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 as those franchises go, it's the best one. But that food looked fantastic. I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I need to find Chili's. So, and then also when Mac drives off on KJ in the motorcycle and she realizes that she's never probably going to see her brother again. Right. When she starts crying, man, that was yeah. some really great acting from, uh, Sophia Rorinsky. She was extremely well acted. And for someone that young to, yeah. to show that gravitas, very impressive. Yeah. She was doing a really good job. Like, and it's really just all these, these girls are doing just a really they good job throughout, four. throughout yeah. the course of it. So, uh, like I said, just really good stuff. Uh, once you, you do have to uh, look, it's not their fault. I don't think, I think they got a cheap budget on this thing. Uh, but the, it, the, when they are using CG, it is distracting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Uh, there are times when it's worse than others, but it's, it, it can be, that's the, that's the biggest holdback that's the biggest holdup on this show is the fact that the, the CG at sometimes is just so bad. It, it's just, you can't sit there and just like, Oh, what are we watching? Uh, but, but the story wise, like I've got very, very few complaints, uh, like yeah. almost none. Well, and, and, and we were talking about the budget, you know, obviously they, Ali Wong would be a pretty expensive actress. Right. She's, she has, is, is in the point of her career where it's going off. I'm, I'm sure she's making good money. Yeah. You have but, to pay you know, for the other. Well, as I was say, you have to pay others, for her. You have to pay for her. You have to pay for Cordroy and you have to pay for Manzucas. You got to pay for those four. Yeah. But I was going to say, you know, they, um, the others are good actors that have been around for a long time. Like, uh, AD, uh, Adina Porter and Cliff Chamberlain, but like they're getting a chance to really show off and shine in this, and they're great actors. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I was going to say. Sometimes with the budget, it worked out well with the casting process, mm-hmm. especially the smaller characters, because they, they killed it on all of yeah, the Yeah, they casting, did. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think they did too. So, uh, like I said, you're you're right. It worked out. They got they got some good ones. I'll be interested. To see, uh, obviously, you know, who knows what they're going to do with Amazon in season two? But uh, yeah. I haven't figured them out. This, is, this has big. 
big series because it's getting a lot of hype, and I see a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Now, granted, with any comic, there's going to be it's going to be mixed reviews. Yeah, it is. What has come out that people just loved it? You know, right. from the get go, very little. Yeah, very little. But it's doing pretty yeah. well in terms of reviews. It was the last time I checked. I mean, uh, oh, Rod- the reviews are really yeah, good. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is certified at fresh. Uh, I'm to be it's sitting right at a seven, so that's a good solid rating for it. This this feels like something that's going to have a good word of mouth yeah and people are going to check it out because in fact right now it's kind of finally slowed down mm-hmm. on streaming stuff like you know we we had those the the first part of the year was just insane yeah the, really july 1st uh all the stuff that came out and a bunch of stuff i still haven't called up <laughs> so uh you know uh but this this came out at a perfect time and after Stranger Things. It kind of scratches that right, itch a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a feeling this is going to be a pretty big hit for them. Yeah, I think it is too. I think it's going. I think it'll do well. And I'm hoping that they will give it a bigger budget in, in the second yeah, season. Should yeah. it get one, like I said, but it's just so right. hard to figure out with with Amazon what they're going to do. Like unless unless they like go into it planning to do a second season, you just never really know if it's going to get one. So, um, all right. Anything else we need to talk about before we get on to weekly awards? Uh, one last thing, and this is another show because we love talking about these excellent job of music choices. Oh yeah, lots of good music. Excellent job. Bringing uh, in I the. Love... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the end of episode one, the hazy shade of winter. Yeah, hazy shade of winter was great. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Uh, that's a song that every time I hear it, I, I was like, oh, I love the song. And it's been used a lot in movies and TVs over, TV over the years. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, but I, know. I know it has. But this was a perfect use. And especially at the where they used it, perfect. Mm-hmm. You know you're getting a cool song at the end of every episode. I love the Danzig Mother. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was great. Where, which, in fact, I didn't realize that song came out in 88. Uh, because the version that we most all know is from the mid '90s when he did the live version, it became a hit on MTV. Right. Uh, that's where most of us know the song. I didn't realize it came out in '88, but I still, anytime you can use that, uh, and it it educated me of when the song actually came out. So thank you for that. Because uh, <laughs> I probably would have argued about that when I first heard. It, I was like, this is a '90s song, but I didn't realize it's the live version. So, but they they did a really good job with music again. So so bravo on that. Real quick, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, episode two is titled "Weird Al is Dead." And uh, Weird Al tweeted out something like, this is like the second show this year that has uh, had an episode title where I was dead. <laughs> so he's like, I'm wondering ah. if they're trying to tell me anything. <laughs> so, uh, and obviously the Weird Al was his. Also, Go ahead. It, he's so beloved. He is. I think that's part of it. You want to, you want to mention him. Yeah, you do. And if, if you don't know sure what they, if you don't remember what the reference was, Tiffany's hamster or gerbil or something like that was Weird Al from 88. So obviously that pet was was dead and that's where a lot of the got yeah. the title weird al is dead so uh all right so awards then yeah let's do it all right so up first we have the Tyrion lannister which is the mvp for the week who is your Tyrion lannister for this week i'm gonna be shocked if you're if we're not on the same page on this one I'm doing the four young leads. Okay. I, I didn't want to just give all four of them. Uh, so I, what I ended up doing was just because I thought their interaction was so important. I gave it to Riley Lane, the lit and Allie Wong as the combined Aaron, uh, okay. because I just thought there was good too. I thought there was yeah. their, their performance carried those really those episode two, three and four. I thought, because that was so important with them good point. finding out her adult self. So uh, I thought that was really, really important. So uh, I, I Man, if you don't have the right actress 
in that older Aaron part, this show doesn't work. Right. And Allie Waltz is a very good actress. So yeah. bravo to her. All right. So next is the Agatha all along the best scene of the week. What is your Agatha all along for the first four? I'm going, I'm going the end of episode one with that hazy shade of winter. Oh, that was good. And we we realize that they're there. And and then the, the, the Aaron see each other and they say, Holy blank. So I, I I just really enjoyed that. Yeah. I went with that scene where they meet each other as where the, where the two of them meet each other. Cause you know, they're just the inevitable freak out when they realize who they are uh, and just how, how they handled it really well. So that's where I went with that one. So, all right. Next is the, if you come with the King, you best not miss the best line of the weeks. What was yours? I need to do a better job of keeping up with the lines on this show, but I went with, it was from the first episode when they're going into the house where they think uh, the, the, the teenagers and it is KJ who smells, who says, wow, this place smells like barf (laughs) and gym socks. And I know that smell. I didn't need, I knew exactly what she was talking about. So that was my, that was the line for me. Well, if there is one thing to cut to, to complain about the show. I, I think that's probably one thing where it kind of didn't, there, there weren't just a whole lot of memorable lines in, in this show. That's probably yeah, one thing. Really that, wasn't. That's probably one. If you want to check anything, if you want to dock it for anything, I think that may be where you want to go. But uh, like I said, I couldn't really think of anything. I went with when Aaron was in the, the robot and they're like turning everything on. She told him that she told Larry that she had armed the missiles and he's like freaking out because like that kind of got into their comedy a little bit, uh, yeah, yeah, their, yeah. their comedy background. So like I said, because there's not a ton of laughs in this, in this show, yeah. uh, but that was one that did make me laugh and I, I enjoyed that. So like I said, that's probably one area where I wish this was a little better. I wish it had some, a little bit more quotable lines from it, but that's about it. So, yeah, you know, if I paid attention, Aaron, actually, Allie Wong had some, cause the scene where she's talking to the guy at the phone store, yeah, that was good. she mm-hmm. said some, she said some funny stuff there. And then also where she's explaining to Aaron that, uh, life hasn't gone exactly <laughs> as right. she had planned. I, she had a couple of lines there. I, I, I should have paid more attention because a lot of times I have my phone and I write them down immediately right. when I, when I kept something, but I, I missed it on this show. You know, and I really want to, Allie Wong does just a really good job. Cause I mean, Aaron is the one who's given her the biggest, the most business, but really all yeah. four of those girls were really questioning Not her. Con. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were tough on her. You know, it, it'd be yeah. really tough to sit there and listen to all this crap from, from four 12 year old yeah. girls who don't have the first clue yeah. about what's going on in 19, 2019. And so, uh, like I said, really good stuff from, from her, I thought, and just a really good performance. So I agree. All right. So we also do a rating here on the main attraction podcast. If uh, this is not our final rating, but this is just where we currently stand with this, ep- with this season. Uh, if it is at the top of the game, if it's one of the best things we've ever seen, we give it a Game of Thrones. If it is just beneath the Game of Thrones, we give it a Lost. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Uh, underneath Friends is a Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel for us is a Baywatch. Where are you rating Paper Girls so far after four episodes? I'm, I'm doing a Lost. I thought this was a very solid show. Uh, I think the CGI and it, keeps it from going to a, to a game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, I think this is a good show. Yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm right there with you. It's, 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 it's right there. It's a, it's a really good solid lost. It's a really good show. Uh, you know, there's some minor quibbles that, but it's just, it's going to have a, I don't know that it can get your game of Thrones with the CG being as bad as it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it's, it's still a good show. Uh, you just have to kind of, 
you have to just kind of do your best to try to ignore the CG as best you can. And you, you know, realizing, you know, it's fiction. It's not real anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, so well, it's, it, it's a loss for me. And, and I text this to you. I thought it sets the tone and the vibe in the first five minutes yeah, you know, of what this show is. And I dig it. I, I, I like the show. I like the, I like, I like the tone and the vibe they're going for here. Yeah. So, I do too. Thumbs up. I'm a big fan of it as well. So, all right. Uh, here on the main attraction podcast, our first episode of the week, we always like to do recommendations for our listeners. Do you have any recommendations this week? I have two. And one of them involves Ali Wong. Okay. She is in a very funny, uh, romantic comedy on Netflix called always be my maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Starring uh, Randall Park, yes, uh, who we know from uh, the Marvel and and a lot of stuff. He's yeah, he's just a lot of stuff. Really, really funny, funny actor. Uh, it's them together, and also involves Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. is uh, in this as well. And you see a lot of gifs <laughs> that uh, of Keanu Reeves, and it's from this movie. And it is a very funny romantic comedy. Netflix is mixed on their movies, but I will say when they do a romantic comedy, especially when they have funny people in it, they they have found some hits on this, and this is one of them. So always be my maybe uh, uh, is is one to check out on Netflix, and it's still streaming. The second movie I actually watched Honor Society. I want to watch that on Paramount Plus. So it was actually really enjoyable. It's another kind of romantic movie. It stars uh, Anne Gory Rice, who you will recognize as Betty Brandt right. from Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and also as the daughter from Mayor of Easttown. And I actually, the first time I saw her, because she was fantastic in this movie, one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years, The Nice Guy starring Ron Gosling and Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's Russell Crowe's daughter. I mean, I'm sorry, she's Ron Gosling's daughter. Okay. And she's really funny in that movie. Uh and so she's the star, uh, and she uh, has to. There, uh, it's up to four people that are up to go into Harvard. Uh, they have to be chosen by McLovin himself. Christopher Vince <laughs> uh, Plossy is the. Uh, he's old enough now to be a guidance counselor, so he has to decide between the four people. So she decides to take out her, the other three people. And one of them happens to be played by Gaten Madrasso, yes. a.k.a. Dustin, Dustin from Strange Things. And he's fantastic in this movie. It's a little different than what we've seen. So I just, just be aware. But it's really good. It's a lot of fun. It's on Paramount Plus. It's it's worth watching. Uh, Honor Society. Yeah. I, I want, like I said, I want, to, I want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. So, All right. I've got quite a few, actually. So first thing I want to recommend, I was in Biloxi this weekend, uh, this past week, and I I was by myself and I was on a conference and there was a significant amount of downtime. And I was like, I, I cannot just sit here and watch like just regular television. So I like went and bought a Roku. So like take a Roku with you when you're traveling. Cause oh, yeah. there's, I agree. there is no way I can do just, just like regular subscription television anymore no. i mean like i said it would have been different if i like had my family with me because we could have gone and done stuff but it was like all right i'm just here by myself so you know what part of the problem with subscription tv now is all these channels show reruns of all TV shows time. yeah non-stop true tv tnt mm-hmm. tbs like usa all of them they, they used to not be that way yeah, I know. But they, that's all they do is nonstop reruns. Well, that's how they make their money now because that's what that's yeah. what they got to rely on. They got to rely on those uh, on basically uh, the other companies like 
that's the only way they can draw people in for the most part. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so take a Roku with you or a Google Chromecast yeah. or something. That way you don't, you, can, you don't have to just be uh, held up to that. So, uh, but I, I agree on this one. I, I would, I would second that one. Uh, other three other things I want to recommend. So if you do like Brian K Vaughn and you want to see something else that has been done by him, on Disney Plus, it wasn't done on Disney Plus originally. It was done, I think, by originally by Freeform, if I'm not mistaken. But they do have the Runaways on it. There are three seasons. I've only seen the first season. I for, kind of forgot about it after I watched the first season. But the Runaways is a really good Brian K. Vaughn comic, and it's a pretty good adaptation. At least that first season is. Like I said, I, I never saw season two or season three. I need to go back and finish it. But season one is really, really good. I enjoyed it when I was watching it. I, I ended up watching it in like two days because I just couldn't stop watching it. But uh, it's really, really good if you like. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn stuff, so I would recommend it. Uh, I also had like tons of time to get kind of caught up in stuff and watch some new stuff. I had seen ever since it came out in 2019, I had seen Harley Quinn, the animated series on uh, when it came out originally on DC online universe or something like that. It's now on HBO max. The third season uh, just started up. I went and was like, you know what? I've got time. I'll go ahead and watch it. And it is hilarious. It is one of the funniest things I have ever seen. It's animated, uh, but it is adult animation. I mean, there are tons of F-bombs in it. There is tons of blood and guts and gore. Uh, so if you like adult animation, uh, Kaylee, look, Margot Robbie is like the perfect uh, Harley Quinn for live action. But for animation, yeah. Kaylee Cuoco is just phenomenal as as Harley yeah, I've, Quinn. I've I've heard that. Yeah, yeah I mean, people she, really like her. Like because she just has this like this bubbly personality that goes along with like all the you know her killing people left and right, and yeah. it's just so incredibly funny. And like, there's just a ton of these. How, how has she not made it to Marvel or DC in live action? She is a perfect person. Well, I guess the the issue is finding a role for her. I mean, because I mean, yeah, she yeah. is. I mean, because I mean, her personality is just so bright and. Uh, energetic and it's, it's like I said it's hard like that's why I think she does so well as the voiceover for Harley Quinn in, in this role is because you can really play that up in, in an animated show which is a little bit hard for, yeah. like I said I think it's just a I, it wouldn't surprise me if she ever gets something don't, don't get me wrong but yeah, it, yeah. I, it's just finding the right role for her I think but there's a ton of great actors in this uh, Alan Tudyk plays uh, does the voice for the Joker Clayface and Calendar Man so he does three different roles uh, the voice I don't remember who does the voice for Bane but he's like doing the uh, oh, what's his name Tom uh, Tom uh, guy that played Bane in uh Dark Knight Tom Returns. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. He's like doing a mocking version of of that voice. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to kill you." I mean, it's just a great mock. The way he mocks that voice is just fantastic. And one of the things I like about it is just the fact that it it pokes fun at its DC pokes fun at itself so much throughout the course of that uh, that series. But the the, the like I said, the uh, first three episodes of th- season three are out. It is just fantastic. If you, if you want to laugh, you'll find yourself laughing hysterically if you watch uh, Harley Quinn. Uh, let's see. Last thing I wanted to mention is, uh, normally, uh, you know, we, we don't like to recommend too many podcasts on here because we want you to listen to us, but there is one more that I'm going to recommend. One of the best things, best parts of my day is when I find a podcast that I love that I haven't found previously. I was a huge boy meets world fan when I was in high school and they are, there's a podcast called pod meets world, which has three of the actors from it does not have Ben Savage, unfortunately, but it's got three actors, Daniel official, Ryder strong and Will Friedel who are doing a rewatch. And they just started at the end of June. And like I said, 
it's just fantastic. If you like Boy Meets World, if you grew up on it in the 90s, go give them a listen. They're doing a re- and as Subsequently, I'm doing a rewatch as well, which I never thought I'd do a rewatch of Boy Meets World, but you know, I want to make sure I'm <laughs> understanding what they're talking about on the, on the show. So uh, those are my recommendations. All right. Uh, let's see. Before we head off, I do want to remind people we are going to be reviewing uh, the sixth episode, I guess really the first six episodes of season two of Only Murders in the Building, which is on FX. If so, if you haven't, not Hulu. FX, Hulu. It's, I, I get Hulu and FX confused yeah, all the time. It's confusing. Uh, so that's what we're going to be reviewing in our midweek. I'm going to release that probably Tuesday morning because those episodes release on Tuesday night. So I don't want you getting the, the episode six review of when episode seven is already out. So uh, we'll re- I'll release that to you guys on Tuesday morning. And that way you can watch it right before you watch episode seven on tuesday night so uh and it's really great it really is it's really great so uh anything you want to say before we sign off i appreciate everyone joining us and we'll talk to you next time i will echo those same sentiments and as always until next time may all of your entertainment dreams come true